Listener supported. WNYC Studios. So on Monday, OkCupid posted a blog post that was titled, We Experiment on Human Beings, exclamation point. And they were talking very proudly about how they, among almost every other website in the world, try various different experiments to optimize people's usage of their websites, which seems fairly uncontroversial until you dig down into precisely what they were experimenting on. Yeah, so what they were doing was... OkCupid, when you sign on and you look at somebody's profile, it tells you how well you match with that person according to survey questions you've both answered. So do you shower twice a day? Do you believe in God? Do you believe that abortion is okay? Everything from do you like horror movies to would you allow a gun in your home? Yeah, so OkCupid intentionally misled people. If I were to look at Alex's OkCupid profile, it would suggest that we are people who are likely to agree on everything and like each other a lot when in fact we despise each other. And the thing they wanted to test was, does it even matter? Like, if you tell two people that they are going to like each other and you send them on a date, are they as likely to get along as if they were actually well-matched? In the blog post, Christian Rudder, who is the president and one of the founders of OkCupid, wrote, We noticed recently that people didn't like it when Facebook experimented with their newsfeed. Even the FTC is getting involved. But guess what, everybody? If you use the internet, you're the subject of hundreds of experiments at any given time on any site. That's how websites work. So we decided to get in touch with them. Do you understand the concerns of the people who were sure pissed off about this? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely I do. And, and part of that is my own fault because, you know, the blog post is sensationally written for sure. On the other hand, this particular experiment is just a continuum of experiments that are happening all the time. I mean, just for match percentage, you know, if we change the way a variable is weighted of the math, you know, we we have to test that version B against the version A of the status quo. And, you know, inevitably people are going to see two different numbers for the same process, you know, and that's just part of the scientific method. For us, if you come up with an algorithm and you, you can hope that it works, you have to perform experiments to prove that it works. Was there any consideration given to an opt-in procedure where people could beforehand be part of it and then just having a control group? No, there wasn't. Once people know that they're being studied along a particular axis, uh, inevitably they're going to act differently, just the same way that people on reality TV don't act like themselves. Like I was in some psych experiments when I was in college just because, you know, they give you 20 bucks to go to the, the department and you, you know, you sign a form. But that is informed consent. Which users can't see, but I'm putting in quotes. And you, uh, you know, you sit down and you hit a button when some word blinks on the screen or a dot appears, and you like move a lever or whatever. And you have no idea what they're measuring you for. You know, they don't tell you anything. Uh, they could just be measuring whether you're obeying their instructions or how you greeted the person of another race at the very beginning of the whole thing. And the experiment is just a sham. So, like, you're not really informed. You are correct in that people are constantly experimenting and A-B testing all over the web. Mm -hmm. The difference in the case of Facebook, and I think here especially, is that if you are A-B testing the design of a website or the font of a website, it it, it affects my use of that website. If you're A-B testing the way that we receive information on OkCupid or Facebook, it can affect mood. It can affect relationships. Of course. Um, There's a much broader scope of ramifications. 
Of course. Yeah, of course. And, and like, you know, look, I, I've, I've had people, I don't, I don't want to put questions in your mouth, but, but I think a concern is like people that come to OkCupid and trust the site to give them good matches. And I totally agree with that. And I understand why it might seem that we've somehow violated that trust. However, my answer there is like doing experiments to make sure that what we're recommending to the 4 million people that come every month is the best job that we could possibly do is like upholding that trust, not violating it. Have you thought about bringing in, say, like an ethicist to 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 to, to, to vet your to experiments? Bring his hands all day <laughs> for a hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, um, well, you know, you could pay him, uh, you know, on a case by case basis. Maybe sure, not a hundred thousand a year. That joke. Um, no, we have not thought about that. There's one question in the volume of questions that you guys ask that really stuck out in terms of matching people up. Mm-hmm. And that is, is anyone ever obligated to have sex? Which is one of the questions that is available on the... Okay. Yeah, take your word for it. I definitely have not memorized the list, but... But that question, if people aren't careful, if they're not reading the answers to everybody's questions, that that question could lead to really big real-world consequences if someone says, yes, people are obligated to have sex in certain situations. Yeah. this To get to that match question, you would have had to have answered thousands of questions. Um, and you're right to an extent that our reply overrode that. Um, again, everyone was notified relatively quickly after the fact that, that the match percentage was corrected. Um, and yeah, we did, we overrode it. I mean, that that's, but again, like you, this is, that's, that's one drop in a puddle of thousands you know, so. I understand that, that that question presupposes a lot, but it, yeah. it is, a, you know, a legitimate concern. Uh, I don't know if I would agree with the legitimate. I mean, there's also a lot of stuff we don't ask. I mean, you know, so like um, we don't know any of our users, you know, so like we make no claim to the safety for anyone. And obviously we do everything we can to, to encourage a safe environment. But like I think it's disingenuous to suggest that we're setting up people in dangerous situations. I think for the 500 or so people who sent messages um, and again, who were all notified afterwards, which I think the worst possible outcome was a, was a stale conversation. This is Alex recording post-interview. This is a little meta, just so you know. I just wanted to let you know that this is the point in the interview where PJ, who was in the control room, could no longer keep quiet and had to interject his two cents into the conversation. Okay, it's not like I'm like a crazy interrupter. I online date, so I have feelings about this. You're sort of like taking two things that aren't quite the same and putting them together. Like either you're a company that's trying to make the best possible product or you're social scientists who are doing experiments about human behavior. And if you're social scientists... There are guidelines and there are ethics and there are things that scientists have to abide by. And if you're a company that's just, you know, trying to make the best product, that's that's a different thing. But I feel like in this conflation, some of like the safeguards that social scientists would have get lost. Um, but I, I think that's an odd double standard for one thing. And I also think, well, I just don't know why it is okay with people that you know, oil of Olay's advertising is there to make people insecure basically about their looks, to make women feel old feel ugly if you would just want to use an extreme word, you know? Why is that okay? That kind of emotional manipulation, okay, nobody bats an eye. I think people do get upset about oil of Olay ads. I mean, I think what specifically, at least with me, makes me feel uneasy is I don't like the idea that I would be part of someone's research without knowing that I was part of someone's research. I think part of what's confusing people about this experiment is the result. The algorithm does kind of work, you know, and power suggestion is also there. But, like, what if it had gone the other way? What if our algorithm was far worse than random? Then, if we hadn't had run that experiment, we basically are 
doing something terrible to all the users. Like, this is the only way to find this stuff out. If you guys have an alternative to the scientific method, I'm all ears. Right. I mean, I don't think it's having a problem with the scientific method. It's like if you guys were a restaurant and uh, you were... Yeah, ch- we're not a restaurant. But just, just in a, in a <laughs> so, metaphor. So, okay. I don't, um, don't want to argue by analogy, but I'll listen to what you have to say. Okay, so if you guys were a restaurant and I went in one day and the meal was one way and the next day you tweaked it, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But if you guys were a restaurant and, and one day you served, like, intentionally gave me food poisoning... And the idea was, well, we want to know, we want to know if our food's any good. Like we've like, but, but that's not what we're doing. We're not intentionally giving people food poisoning. Keep in mind, it's an experiment. There is the possibility that random is better. So maybe we're giving you the better food. We don't know. You can't know that until you run the experiment. But like, for do you know Arthur Aaron, the psychologist? I don't. He's a guy at SUNY, and he's tried to study what makes people fall in love and what makes matches work. And he'd done an experiment where he brought in two strangers into a lab and he tried to see like if he changes this if he changes that like could you increase the likelihood that two people would fall in love in a uh, lab in a lab okay and and one of the things he found was that a huge predictor is if you've been told that the other person's attracted to you going in whether or not it's true sure um, in a lab in a lab yeah. the way you're saying in a lab it's like I just mean like that's a, by definition a contrived environment I mean we have to work in the milieu that we work in I think findings about how people fall in love arrived at in a laboratory that doesn't seem really pertinent to real life in any way to me not that i'm i'm not taking any issue with this guy's science but, right but you you understand what i'm saying right but sure, it's like sure. there was like a whole era of psychology where they cared sure. much less about consent and they cared much more about getting real world results and like people look back at that and they're like that was not yeah. ethically sound like milgram sure i mean i know milgram's experiments I guess people's view on them has changed over time, and, and people might look back at this stuff differently. But again, like I haven't really heard a, an answer from you guys about how do you change the algorithm in any way, whether it's this kind of extreme way of basically making it random or just changing the way a variable is weighted. How do, you, how do you make a change and test it? If you're going to make a change and test it, there's a difference between, hey, we didn't tell you that we changed the size of the picture, and hey, we didn't tell you that we're giving you different information than what you'd expect. I mean, I, I kind of think we all have a sense generally of where that line is. but Sorry, but that's not, not an answer to my question. Like, how would you run, like, for real, you're running OkCupid. We want to test our algorithm against uh, a nonsense algorithm just to see if it's, if it's better than the placebo. I wouldn't do it. Well, I would. You would? And the way I would do it is I would send out an email to 500 users that says, we are interested in running an experiment. We can't tell you what that experiment would be or – I mean, you know. <laughs> so you, that's informed consent. Then? Well, I mean – but yes, <laughs> knowing that we're, we're interested in running an experiment on the results you see. If you're willing to participate, we will explain what we've done after the fact. But at, at least in that case, they know that they're being experimented on. Also, you could say to them, some of you will be in the control group. So that gives people the option to willingly participate. But I guess my point is, like, I understand that that would be informed consent, but what does that get anybody? Where is the informed part of that? I mean, I think you guys are shifting a norm. I I think that there are going to be some people who look at this and say, I don't want to use a site whose idea of this level of experimentation, like, I don't want to be part of that group. And that's completely fine. I mean, I can't argue with that. And again, I understand the the misgivings. I think some of it is just kind of inconsistent. And and, and I also think, like, look, you got to understand, this is not just OkCupid or Facebook. This is every site. PJ, you convinced? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not comfortable being a guinea pig to the extent that you guys are comfortable making me a guinea pig. 
but also, if I like break up with my girlfriend tomorrow, I'll probably be back on your site. And you could totally recently say, if you don't like the way our companies run, go use Tinder or whomever. Well, Tinder also tests, and so does Match and everywhere else. I'm really not trying to be flip. If you want to think about these, these things, like every person using any website has a small little cost. That cost is a kind of shared cost that everyone bears being each parts of these little groups at different times. The upside of that is that the whole thing is better and it works better. And, and, and it works better for you, too, even having been part of the experiment. It works better for you as soon as the experiment is over. I do think that a lot of times a company and its users' interests overlap but don't align. Sure. That's 100 percent true. And so as a user of a lot of companies, I'd rather not be experimented on because sometimes it's me versus the company. You know, here's a way to think about it. Like I think – let's talk about advertising for a second because I think that's – you know, look – People have become, about advertising, have become a lot more savvy than the 1950s when you see a doctor smoking a cigarette in an ad and you're like, oh man, I totally believe that these cigarettes are good for you. And I think that we're at the beginning of that process right now with these kinds of experiments is that in 20 years, I think everyone will be like, oh yeah, they're just running some experiment and they'll take all of this stuff with a little bit more of a grain of salt. You know, um, If you think that OkCupid has unlocked the mysteries of love and is, has an ironclad algorithm prophetically can tell you exactly who is right for you, you're a crazy, you know? So, like, um, we're, we're doing our best, for sure. And, and it's the same thing. Like, I think people will realize that that's how these sites work. That's how they evolve. They're doing the best job that they can. And they also have their own interests as well. And and maybe that's the process that we're looking at. And this is the kind of, again, the kind of conversation that that I think Facebook on accident and, and OkCupid uh, on purpose is, is trying to kickstart. Christian, thanks so much for coming. Yeah, my pleasure. TLDR is produced and hosted by PJ Vogt and me, Alex Goldman. Our executive producer is Kat Rogers. Our engineer is Jen Munson. Our intern is Ethan Cheel. Our theme song is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Christian Rudder has a book called Dataclism coming out in September, but be careful. It could be an elaborate experiment to learn more about your dating habits. If you like the show, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find a lot more TLDR at tldr.onthemedia.org. We tweet at A Goldman, PJ Vote, and TLDR, and we are TLDR. Thank you.